Welcome in, and let's get right into football talk as we appreciate you listening to Talking Ball, y'all. And it's that time of year. We'll be football uh, heavy on this episode, although we do get a little baseball break there with Hayden Dunhurst. And speaking of baseball, Jeff, mercy, yes. son. I knew it was coming. Mm. I knew it was coming. A game stinking five tomorrow. I'm so nervous. Gracious. Come on, Braves. And I made a trip. Woo. I made a trip to the Island View last night. I almost hurt your feelings, but mm, I didn't. Mm, mm. Come on, Bravos. Anyway, that's tomorrow afternoon, and we are on Tuesday night. So, uh, if you're out there and you've got a, a soul to, you'll be pulling for those Bravos <laughs> tomorrow. Let's get into some local high school football action, Jeff. As our interviews will carry us uh, through the the state college scene. And then it will also take us some JUCO route with Austin Bolton. Uh, Jeff Mitchell with Southern Miss will certainly cover them. And then, as we said, uh, Brad Logan kind of touches on all the universities. So let's talk local high school football. And can't get much more local than uh, where we are here on the boulevard and just a couple blocks away from Picayune Maroon Tide uh, Stadium. And Picayune 6-0 and uh, just destroyed Gaucher last week. Go to Hattiesburg. This week, and Jeff, they are steamrolling, folks. Yeah, they are. As you mentioned, six and zero takes them to two and zero in the district. Uh, Picune is the real deal. We've seen them with our own two eyes when they played Popville uh, uh, three about three weeks ago. Uh, but big youngins. If if the key to Picune this year with the road to the five A state championship is health. If they can stay healthy. I don't see anybody in the state. If you look up in the north what's going on and even in the south what's going on, if they can stay healthy, I see Coach Dodley and this Maroon Tide football team going all the way playing at the Rock for the uh, 5A state championship. Yeah, I can't disagree there, Jeff. I believe they have two uh, D1 guys on the line, both offense and defense, because they play both ways. Deontay Reed and the Mickle kid, they are uh, some kind of road graders there. The Jenkins kid and the linebacker core slash uh, in that uh, just really good. The Connor kid. I mean, you can go on and on. They've got about 20 dudes that can really go. One of them being a tailback, Cameron Thomas. Through six ball games, Jeff has over 1,400 yards, 17 touchdowns, and this cat is averaging 240 yards a game on the ground. Yeah, mm. that's it's it's tremendous to what he's doing, and and he. I, like I said, we've seen this team and we've seen him with our own two eyes. And I said all that about Picayune, about it looks like the road to the 5A state championship is going to come through Picayune. But they go on the road this week and they play Hattiesburg. Hattiesburg's been down this year, 1-5 overall, 0-2 in the district, losing last week to Pascagoula. But that's always been a game between Hattiesburg and Picayune. Mm. It, it was a game last year, if memory serves me right, right. – that Coach Lee got asked not to finish it, and I don't think that's going to bode well for that's Hattiesburg right. this week. Ooh. Yep. And then there might be some weather moving in, too. I know there's some chances of rain up in the Pine Belt area, so we'll have to look at that. But these two teams, uh, you know, they into, they, they're getting into that 5A, uh, that district play, so Picayune's at Hattiesburg this week. Yep, and that call was a controversial right. onside kick. Coach Lee didn't agree with the officiating up there, and so he, I believe, was asked to go to the bus to end that one. And he may get a special stop on the Dodley Farewell Tour there in Hattiesburg uh, this Friday. Let's move a little north of us up to Career PRC now. Two and four on the year. One and one in district play. 
Uh, Jeff, a tough loss up to Wayne County, 21 to six. They get Long Beach coming to uh, Carrier a Friday night, a pivotal game. I hate to put it this way, but you can't afford to lose to Long Beach if you're the Blue Devils on Friday night. Well, that that district's going to take the top four, so you're setting one and one in the district right now. You need to win this one, as you mentioned. It is a pivotal game to take you two to one. Uh, you know, to get into this district play and back to that loss against Wayne County. Some tremendous weather came through Friday night. The game, uh, the stands were emptied at about a quarter to six, six o'clock. The game got started late, about 9.30, quarter to 10. Goes into halftime, 7 to 3, Wayne County. And then they set again on their hands, Clay, with another weather delay. The game ends up ending about 12.30, 12.40 in the morning. Uh, but there was some things that happened in that ball game that Coach Jacob Owen and that staff's going to look at, trying to you know score the football when the opportunities are you know present themselves, and they didn't do it that night. That was a ball game. If you go back and look at some of the times they didn't score when they should have scored it, that could have been very favored in PRC at Wayne County. But Wayne County come out with that one, twenty-one to six. Yeah, you're mentioning uh, some first and uh, gold opportunities there that didn't end in points or ended in field goals for the Blue Devils. That as you as you put there, have to cash those in. You mentioned that region, Jeff. It's Picune at two and zero, Wayne County at two and zero. Um, a group there at one and one. Certainly PRC in that group, and then you have Hattiesburg and Long Beach with the Ophers. So right. you've got to make hay against Long Beach on Friday night. I think we've uh, kind of said that time and time again because it's important. That's a big game Friday night for the Blue Devils. And then closer to home for us, heart-wise, as we follow this team each and every uh, Friday night, the Popperville Hornets. And uh, you hear a little uh, a little chipper uh, when I'm talking about this Hornets club as they kind of got well on, uh, I would say, Friday night, but it was Saturday, wasn't it, Jeff? 44 to zero over Forest County AHS. We went up there and practiced, got a pregame show in, and then it got moved, postponed to Saturday. And so we made two trips to Brooklyn, uh, Mississippi, in back-to-back days. And the second day on Saturday, Popperville certainly took care of their business there, 44-0 to zero over the Aggies. Yep, Popperville went, goes to 1-0 and in the district. Uh, and, and that was a, a similar situation than what we talked about the, the Pearl River Central game at Wayne County, except Pearl River Central stayed and they finished it. I know there were some players and there was coaches up there uh, Friday night at Brooklyn that was wanting to kick that thing off about 10 o'clock, kind of me included, uh, to kick it off. I'd rather had it all wrapped up on a Friday night instead of going back up there Saturday. But just some things didn't work out. So, uh, Pop- But Popperville goes up there and they handle their business. They get up there and they get that much-needed district win after a bye that they started a rough one and four pre-district schedule so now they set two and four overall uh on the season one and oh in the district and they go to stone again uh where stone played an early game on saturday they played purvis an early game at pearl river community college because there was some mississippi gulf coast uh duties going on where they played at home so but and stone lost that game in overtime or double overtime uh, against purvis 42 to 40 so uh, Stone one and four overall, zero and one in the district. Popperville one and zero in the district. So, uh, Popperville looking to get that set second district win this week when they travel to Stone. Yep, let's look into that uh, forty-four to zero win for Popperville. You had Gregory Swan who had a tremendous ball game at the fullback position, nearly two hundred yards for that young man. The majority of those yards coming in the first half. Kaziah Daniels the Senior tailback had a very good game. I believe he was our Debs Pizza player 
of the game. Chandler Norris, the defensive lineman, had a big night. He was our Pete's Plumbing player of the game. And so some guys that really played well who we've been expecting to play well and, and did their jobs on Friday night. Chase Shears uh, was a little limited. Uh, I believe he could have gone more. The score would have been a little different. But when he's in there, Jeff, and he's suited up, he is certainly a difference maker uh, for the Popperville Hornets. Yeah, he, he really is. But the key, I think, overall to that ball game was hanging on to the football. The first five games, there was turnover after turnover. If, if memory serves me right, there was one turnover against Popperville, and it was an interception thrown. He just threw it right. Uh, Blazebury would throw it right to the linebacker. Linebacker had nothing to do but to catch it. But overall, no fumbles on a wet field, wet balls, because it rained again when we started yes, the broadcast Saturday. So wet footballs, wet conditions on the field, and Popperville was able to hang on to the football. So that was a big key coming out of, for me, coming out of Saturday night was the, the turnovers. Yep, and for everybody that has asked me, what's wrong with Popperville football? Well, Popperville, I believe, showed what they're going to be in 4A. This was the first time the Hornets had seen a 4A opponent. The the Look, the coaching staff and the players, it's not their job to make excuses. I don't think this is an excuse, but I think it deserves to be said. If there was such thing as a strength of schedule, Popperville has played uh, a 20 and 3 when you accumulate all the records for their pre district schedule and you look at Laurel five and one Mandeville uh, would be a 6a in Mississippi they're a Louisiana 5a they're four and one D'Iverville five and one Picune six and oh so they played some of the best football teams in this area and up in classification it's different when you go pick on a lowly 5a that's not what coach Beach uh, did in this scheduling he scheduled classes up and he scheduled really good teams, uh, not just by classification. So I think that needs to be said. Uh, and it gave the the Hornets kind of a, a, a check. Like they got a chance to check their oil against some of these teams. They got a bye week. Uh, health has gotten a lot better. And so I'm excited to see what the Hornets have uh, down the stretch. In just moments, you will hear an interview with Austin Bolton, the former tailback for the Hornets. And you can see his pride and what he thinks the Hornets are going to do. You'll hear that in just moments on his interview. Let's look at Pearl River Community College as we always do. Pearl River Community College now 1-5, Jeff. They're 0-4 in South Division play and had a 49-6 loss over at Jones. I believe that was Jones's homecoming. And so just things not uh, going well for Pearl River Community College, although they have a chance to get well against Southwest. They have an 0-6 Southwest team coming to Popperville for homecoming. Yep, it's a it's a time for uh, the Wildcats at Pearl River Community College to get a win, uh, take it to 2-5, uh, and 1-4 and four, uh, in, in the South District. And uh, it's an exciting week. You know, the football team's not doing, of course, we, you know, we don't sugarcoat stuff here on the podcast. The football team's not living up to the expectations that the community college and the community itself wants to see uh, up there in Poplarville. But it's always exciting for homecoming week. You've been a part of many of them as a broadcaster student. I've been a part of as many of them with you and Jason as far as uh, – Jason Baker as far as broadcasting these. So it's an exciting week for homecoming. Now it's the job as for the players – 
one and five, zero oh and four, as you mentioned, to get up for your homecoming with the Southwest team coming in. Yep, just wanted to mention the last check I had on the soccer programs, they were rolling along. I believe the men's program, even uh, this late in the season, was still undefeated. And so Coach Gallant and his crew up there getting it done. Uh, the past football game that I attended, Coach Oney, and his group were able to collect their rings. I believe the baseball team is having a ring ceremony right. as part of homecoming. So some great things going on uh, athletically for Pearl River Community College. And we're going we're gonna to introduce that basketball program here shortly in a special way. We'll do something uh, with that basketball staff, both men's and women's, where we can meet. Uh, the Wildcats and get you ready for Wildcat basketball. But, Jeff, we've talked about the interviews a few times. Let's lay out the order and kind of tell what these guys are about and what our listeners will hear in these interviews. Yep. Uh, first, uh, uh, The first interview is going to be with Austin Bolton. You mentioned uh, an outstanding tailback at Poplarville uh, for the Poplarville Hornets and was uh, recruited by Mississippi Gulf Coast right over there at Pert. Uh, they have got a big honor just went number one in the nation. We're going to talk to Austin about that and talk to him about some of his uh, his playing partners there in the backfield right over there at Perk. Second on the list is Hayden Dunhurst, outstanding baseball player from Pearl River Central. Tons of major league scouts looking at him as a senior in high school. He decided to forego that route, and he is up in Oxford right now. They started some fall ball. We're going to going to talk to him and uh, get his perspective on what it's like to be in Oxford as a freshman, uh, getting some fall Maybe. ball in. Maybe the only time Hayden's ever batted second in his life, but that's where he is right. in our lineup tonight. He is second so. tonight. But, and, and then we're also going to talk a little football with Hayden, too, as, as some of the, the players uh, you know that are close to him play both sports up there in Oxford. And then third on the list, Jeff Mitchell is the uh, is University of Southern Mississippi's Deputy Director of Athletics. We're going to talk to him about the USM program, some things that are going on at the Rock. Uh, main thing, if you listen, you're listening to this interview with Jeff, is how to boost the attendance at the Rock in today's economy, today's uh, the statue of the day's game. Everybody likes to sit at home or go to a sports bar or, or wherever and watch the game. How to boost the attendance at the Rock. Some things that you'll hear Jeff uh, Mitchell talk about there. And then batting cleanup, so to speak, in our uh, interview lineup is Brad Logan a reporter and a columnist for the Clarion Ledger. He's going to hit on everything. We talked to Brad about USM, Ole Miss State. We go Tennessee. We go all over some uh, and talk about schools that are, uh, you know, the Division One colleges here in Mississippi play as far as Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and University of Southern Mississippi, USM. So we're going to talk to Brad, and Brad will give us a, a concept about everything going on statewide. Yep, I'm excited uh, for y'all to enjoy these interviews. As we always say, thank you for listening. We appreciate your support of the podcast. Enjoy. Privilege tonight to be speaking to former Popperville Hornet and now Gulf Coast Bulldog, and those Gulf Coast Bulldogs are ranked number one in the nation on the JUCO ranks. And uh, none other than Austin Bolton joining the podcast tonight. Thanks for taking time for us, Austin. You have, you have. Austin, let's look at it, man. How does that sound on uh, in the intro there? Number one team in the country. You know, it feels great. It's, it's, it's great to know our hard work is paying off. You know, but right now we locked in. We ain't really worried about the outside stuff. We got to stay focused, you know, and focus on this uh, big game we got coming up. Austin, you talk about that big game. That's going to be against East Central. They're ranked 19th in the country. 
Uh, but the more important, Mark, y'all are 3-0 and in the South, and they're 3-0 and in the South, and it comes on a short week. How does that kind of change things up? Y'all had homecoming Saturday, and then y'all turn right back around and get in action on Thursday night. Yeah, you know, we came right back that Sunday in practice. You know, we were a little banged up, but, you know, we're tough enough to fight through this. We had we, we had uh, two or three good days of practice. I feel really great going into this game. I feel like we're going to pull it off and bring it home. Once again, we're joined by Austin Bolton, a guy that leads their team and carries with 76 and then seven touchdowns coming in to Thursday's action. Austin, when you look at that backfield, it's crowded, but it's a good bunch. Kind of describe your teammates uh, back there with you at the running back group. Oh, my God, I love them, boys. They're my brothers, you know. Me and Omni, we like the power back, you know, vision. We we well balanced. And DeAndre and, and Sherman, they, oh, my God, they're explosive. They're, they're, they have great speed, and, like, they're just amazing to watch. So it, we all balance each other out when we get out there. Austin, if you would, tell our listeners how special it is. Uh, you mentioned Sean there, a picking guy. Two Pearl River uh, County guys go across uh, the county line and are kind of tearing it up there for the number one team in the country. How special is it uh, to be able to play with a guy um, that's right here in our neck of the woods? It's great because just a few years ago we were rivals and we were playing against each other. I never thought we would join up and be on the team and have this great impact on the team is is really great. I mean, like that's that's my roommate, so that's my brother, and you know we really became close. So uh, whatever uh, it takes, I do anything for my brothers on the field. Austin, talk talk to our listeners if you would about Coach Wright and his leadership there, and um, how he's gotten uh, this team to this number one spot in the country. Coach Wright, he's a great coach. He stays on us from. As soon as we get up a river tech until we out the field. Like his intensity, like he like he's a great coach. Like he stays on us twenty four seven. Austin, when you're uh, used to being that green and gold running a rock and now uh, the difference between the two, the high school up to uh, junior college, the speed of the game, the physicality, uh, just if you would describe the differences between the two levels. I ain't gonna lie, I miss playing that green and gold. <laughs> but <laughs> the difference. Hey, like, we miss you too. Let's not let that comment go by without saying, "Look, we'll take you any <laughs> Friday night you're available." <laughs> but you know, it's way bigger people. It's very faster, like, and it's more physical. You know. How much do you keep up uh, with Popperville football? Also, now that you're. You're over there. We know that you're busy, but do you kind of keep an eye on the green and gold? You know, I mean, every game, every week. I think I missed two games, and that was because I had a game on Saturday, and one was the way that I had missed. Yeah, and that, that community, Austin, the way that fan base follows that high school uh, team on Friday night and that staff, how much do they still mean to you? Man, I love them boys. I wish I could suit up and go play with them right now. You know, they work really hard. I feel like this, uh, they about to blow through district, and we will have a run and a shot to go back to the championship. They just had a hard five games. I think they're going to pick it back up. I know Coach J.P. is going to get them right. So, I still believe in them, boys. Austin, you've described it as being a short week. We certainly appreciate you letting us steal some time with you tonight. Thank you, A.B., and continued success. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. 
Whether you're hungry for seafood, po'boys, or salads, go see Kelly's Po'boys located in Picayune and proudly serving Pearl River County for nearly 20 years. It's a little bit of New Orleans right here in Picayune. Are you looking for a place for your whole family to belong? Come and join us at Goodyear Baptist Church. We're located at 2710 Highway 43 South, just past Memorial Gardens. We have great ministries for all ages. If you're looking for something refreshing in life, if you're looking for a hope that lasts forever, if you want to experience the love of Christ, come check out GBC. Sunday morning growth group at 9.45 a.m. and worship at 11. Find us online at GoodyearBaptistChurch.com. Come as you are. There's a place for you. Come grow with us. Hayden Dunhurst joining us now up from Oxford, the former Pearl River Central Blue Devil, now the freshman catcher up there for the Rebels. How is it in Oxford, Hayden? I'm loving it. You know, the weather's beautiful. Um, you know, the school's tough, but the baseball's really exciting. You're going to meet all the new guys and see how talented everyone is and build bonds and everything. So just a really neat experience for your first year. Hayden, you mentioned baseball. What is fall baseball like uh, on that level? And, and if you would, just kind of describe to our listeners, even myself, uh, the ins and out of uh, what y'all are going through and uh, the different scrimmages and kind of practice, how much y'all can do right now. Um, actually, it's kind of cool because every day brings um, something new. I mean, even the returners from last year that have been here every year, I mean, we always ask them, you know, what's going to happen today since he said this or that. I mean, they don't know. I mean, it's something new every day, and it's exciting, and it's always so intense every day at practice. I mean, you never have an off day. So, I mean, it's just always intense, you know. And so, Hayden, the way that the schedule lays out, y'all, it's all inter-squad, or do y'all get to see uh, some different groups throughout the fall, or is it uh, just Rebel on Rebel? Yeah, uh, well, the first week, um, we just got done with our first few inner squads, and it was, um, you know, Rebel versus Rebels. But um, we have one Friday, which is against ourselves also, and then we play, I believe, Saturday against Arkansas State, and then we'll play Memphis. We'll play some few, um, you know, teams, but most of are going to be playing ourselves. And Hayden, the I mean – with what you did with summer ball and with the East Coast Sox, that gets you ready for what you're doing, or is this like a huge step, or is it kind of more business as usual for you? Um. Well, I would say um, it's cool. I mean, it obviously helps, you know, playing with getting to be coached under Chris Snowpeck. I mean, he was there, and just one of my favorite coaches of all times is, um, Chris Nopek and the things that he's taught me have just, you know, changed the way I look at the game. And also my dad. I mean, people mm. kind of don't realize, you know, how much I don't even take for granted how much he knows about baseball and he studies it so much. And, you know, we just throw so close together, us three, and we talk all the time. And, um, you know, it's just really neat. So that's a, I mean, it's obviously helped and, um, I mean, it's just so intense every day. And they also bring new things to the table that you can also improve on and give you different, you know, tips or ways that you can think about this or that. So it's just cool to see all perspectives. 
Hayden, I'm going to ask you a, a baseball guy, a football question here. You've got uh, two guys in Ely and Plumley uh, that are two sport guys and uh, guys that you certainly know from the baseball field. How cool is it to see the success that they're having over on the football side? Oh, it's really cool. And, uh, you know, just getting to watch them and, you know, playing with Ely a few times and playing with him in the All-American game. And, you know, what's really, you know, more fascinating about their ability is just their character. I mean, John Rice is just, you know, he's a kick, man. He's a amazing dude, a better dude than he is a football player, you know. Um, and a lot of people respect him for that. And I mean, Ely the same way. He works hard on and off the field, does the right thing. I mean, it's just cool to see people have success and then have more success off the field. Absolutely. And Hayden, uh, we appreciate you taking time for the podcast, bud. We'll continue, hopefully, to be able to visit with you. We appreciate it when you carve out some time for us local guys back home here. And I know our listeners uh, want an update from you, and so it's cool for you to be able to provide that uh, back here. And uh, continued luck with Ole Miss, bud. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we offer a wide range of healthcare options. From our internal medicine clinic to advanced surgery and emergency services, from the Highland Center for Women's Health to our primary care and pediatric clinic, our goal is quality care for you and your family through the compassionate application of advanced medicine. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family. Hey folks, if you need that special sweet treat for birthdays, anniversaries, or just because, stop by and see our friends at Katie Cake and Company. They are located at 109 West Canal Street in Picayune. Let Katie Cake and Company satisfy your sweet tooth. Shh, your scale will never have to know. We're joined now by the Deputy Director of Athletics at Southern Miss, Jeff Mitchell. And Jeff, thank you for taking time for the podcast tonight. My pleasure, Clay. Thank you. Jeff, a big week um, surrounding Southern Miss is its homecoming week, and then you add in a Conference USA opponent in North Texas, and just a lot of excitement around this one uh, set to kick off at 6 o'clock at the Rock on Saturday night. It is. We, we, this week uh, is uh, full of a lot of fun and anticipation. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I've been at a conference last couple of days uh, on the North Texas campus. So uh, I've been planning my, uh, uh, my my jabs every chance I get to <laughs> some of my colleagues over in North Texas. So the, the homecoming week is alive and well, not only on our campus, but uh, abroad as well uh, at North Texas. We're excited about Saturday. Uh, certainly pushing for a big crowd. Uh, you know, we, we are uh, very diligent about our efforts to try to get the rock packed as possible and, and got the, the hashtag 30k for homecoming uh, trending right now uh, excited about the in-game activities and the promotions uh, and a lot of the good work that our marketing team has been doing this year and certainly in the last couple of weeks leading up to uh, Saturday's game but we're excited and uh, looking forward to uh, a, a big crowd and hopefully a big win. Jeff, you you mentioned it, and uh, since, of course, Jeremy McLean's been on the scene, it, it's gotten some uh, notoriety there, just y'all's efforts around the athletic de- program. But even before he was there, um, y'all were really working hard, getting season tickets up, trying to create a certain atmosphere in the Rock. And I think 
some Southern Miss fans roll into it and look around and say, boy, I wish there were more people here. But I think y'all have done a lot of work, and you kind of touched on some things there to make that happen. How how much work goes into somebody kind of nonchalantly making that comment and then the work that surrounds uh, getting families into the Rock on Saturday or any college football facility? When you look around on Saturdays and you turn your TV on, uh, there, it's, it's becoming an issue, I believe, nationwide to get uh, – backsides and seats yeah there's so much competition now for the entertainment dollar and uh, it is certainly a national issue not just a southern miss issue uh, but uh, our approach has been to be as creative and as diligent as possible uh, to get the word out not only in our regional community but also in the surrounding uh, communities uh, and really all over the state of mississippi and you'll notice uh, in the past few days that we've had an area code uh, promotion where we give different area codes uh, an opportunity for about a 12-hour period to buy discounted tickets for the game this weekend. And it's really resonated with a lot of success. As a matter of fact, our south end zone has completely sold out. It's the family fun zone, and it's completely sold out. Nice. And um, we are thrilled that some of these efforts are uh, – yielding some some fruit when it comes to ticket sales it, and, and it, this process really began back in january uh, we were looking for an individual that fit the profile uh, of brad smith and brad uh, was uh, uh was in a southern miss alum uh, was willing to come back to, to southern Miss. Uh, he had some uh, pretty significant marketing chops he's been at some uh, universities both at the Power Five and also in Conference USA before, and knows what it takes. And, uh, so we began putting a plan for football season together in January as soon as he was hired, and that uh, intensified throughout the spring, certainly ramped up even more in the summer. Uh, so there's lots of work that goes into uh, what a casual fan sees on a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday evening at the Rock, and um, that there's just a lot of passion that's put into it on our staff. And, uh, you know, we are as excited when the crowd is full and we're as disappointed as the next person and uh, perhaps it's not as full as we would like it to be. So we, it, it's not for a lack of trying, that's for sure. Once again, we're joined by Jeff Mitchell, University of Southern Mississippi's Deputy Director of Athletics here on the Pit Lane Oil Change Hotline. And, Jeff, uh, you were talking about some different uh, promotions and things about getting uh, people in the seat Talk a little bit about the sale now of beer and light wine at the Rock that started last week uh, uh, at the home game or the week before at the home game. Uh, talk a little bit about that. What's some of the process and that went into that? Uh, you know, how much uh, – of course, there was a lot of planning, I'm sure, but uh, was it a vote system or, or how did that come about? You know, we're seeing it open up all over NCAA. Different schools choose to do it. Different sure. schools choose not to do it. But uh, sure. do you you think that will have some impact on getting people into the stands rather than sit at home and kind of watch it on TV? It will definitely have a positive impact. And uh, we have priced uh, the, the sale of, of beer and the light wine spritzers very competitively. And, and I think it, it rivals, if not beats, uh, any other entertainment venue in terms of a sports facility within our region. And even the, the prospect to sell – Beer and wine came about uh, in the spring. There have been some serious conversations at the state level with uh, 
some administrators at, at other schools and with within the state government about the possibility of being able to do this. And we uh, were prepared in, in case uh, the, in case it came back as feasible for us to do it. And uh, so when Jeremy came on board, uh, and he had already had the experience of doing it at Troy, and we kind of presented him a plan of where we were, and it just made a lot of sense for us to go ahead and do it. And so we jumped at the opportunity. Uh, it really uh, took shape after the SEC at their spring meetings uh, deregulated its prohibition against beer sales in SEC stadiums. So when that happened for Ole Miss and Mississippi State, we were ready to go because we knew that the state of Mississippi would likely be able to approve it. It just so happens that uh, we were just a little further ahead uh, than uh, than Ole Miss and Mississippi State to do it, so we beat them to it. So we're we're excited about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Really, the beer sales went really well last week, and as a matter of fact, it represented nearly one third of our overall concessions uh, sales uh, during that ball game. So if that tells you anything about um, the popularity of it, um, you know, it, it was probably about twenty five thousand dollars worth of sales. Uh, that uh, contributed to the $75,000 that night. Jeff, you talk about the concessions. You mentioned the fun zone. Our season tickets are in the end zone. Uh, last, I guess two weeks ago, my kids were able to get their face painted and a balloon um, uh, made for free there in the south end zone. You can get your food brought to you in the stands. Uh, an awesome product out on the field. So really not a whole lot of reason, especially if you're an alumni of Southern Miss, not to make it uh, back to the Rock, especially with homecoming. And that's all the things around. Let's talk about the product on the field, Jeff, and the uh, group that Coach Hobson has assembled. And that's an exciting brand of, uh, brand of football that they're rolling out there as well. It really is. We, we are thrilled with where we are right now. This is exactly where we thought we would be at three and two through five games. And, um, offensively, we are uh, really starting to take off. We've got a lot of weapons in that wide receiver core. I think our running game is much improved. Our offensive line is significantly improved. And uh, the, the guys are a little bit older. And, and you can never underestimate the power of uh, experience in age in college sports. So the older a team you have, the better off typically you're going to be. Now, that being said, we're still a little young. So that um, bodes well for some excitement in future years. Uh, but uh, we're excited about where we are in this uh, stage of the season. Uh, and uh, Buster Faulkner has done a great job uh, in his role as offensive coordinator. And uh, I know things are continuing to be cleaned up a little bit on the defensive side. Uh, so uh, we're going to give North Texas everything they want and more on Saturday. And I know the guys have been working really hard at it, and our coaches are prepared. And uh, It's a very competent team right now. And I think halfway through a season, that's exactly where you want to be with your football team. Hey, uh, Jeff, Clay, I, I come up, I thought about this question when Clay asked you that. Kind of to piggyback off the beer and light wine sales, is that something that will be carried over to the baseball uh, diamond at Pete Taylor or to the Reed Green Coliseum with basketball, or is it just going to be at the Rock during football season? Well, right right now we are uh, evaluating it game by game at the Rock. Uh, certainly we're going to do it for the remaining three home games, uh, and all indications point to the fact that we will probably do it at uh, during basketball and baseball season, but we are going to evaluate okay. uh, how things go in these last three home games to then make a decision. Uh, shortly thereafter, basketball season is right around the corner. <laughs> so, yes, uh, it is. We are, uh, we're, we're having some conversations 
about it. Um, but uh, as long as it proves to, to be going well and uh, we continue our good security and our good safety and uh, well-being of, of our fans and, and our students, uh, I think we'll likely continue it. Jeff, we've mentioned basketball right there at the end. Um, is it not a dream to have a coach like Coach Ladner and his willingness to get out? And you hate to use the term sell the program, but he is certainly getting out in front of people and talking to them about Southern Miss basketball. And the kind of role that you are, that's got to be a delight, huh? Well, it, it absolutely is. and there, There's no greater joy for an athletic administrator, a sports supervisor, you know, uh, working with the sport, uh, than when you've got a head coach that is not only just a defensive fit, but is also very good at what he does. We're excited about Coach Ladner. He loves Southern Miss, loves uh, coaching, and loves recruiting. And uh, you've got to love all those things to be successful. And uh, we certainly think the future is bright with him as our head coach. And, uh, you know, I think the guys that really take him to him, um, you know, anytime you have a turnover in a coaching staff, you worry sometimes about uh, the makeup of the, the kids and, you know, what they're going to experience and go through. And it, it, that change is very difficult for them. But, uh, and I've been through some coaching changes throughout my career, and I'm not so sure I've seen one that's been as smooth as the one that Coach Ladner has led and how welcoming and warm of an approach he's taken with our current team. Uh, and built that into building their confidence going into this preseason uh, and getting them ready. I, you know, we, we lost a lot of scoring from last year, so there's a lot of work to be done, but he's taken a very patient approach with them. Uh, their practices are, are high energy, they're intense, uh, but they're very teachable. You know, so if you go and watch one of his practices, uh, there's a lot more teaching and coaching going on right now, and that's exactly what needs to be done at this stage. Uh, and then as we get closer to the season, there'll be a lot more competitiveness in practice uh, and, and 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 that'll help um you know just as things get ready uh, we've got a tough time conference schedule but it's going to be fun so uh, i'm looking forward to a packed greenhouse come november absolutely and jeff just kind of on a on a different note but uh, something personal to to you and something as i was going through uh your twitter feed and kind of doing some background before the interview an author of a book uh that you maybe would like to tell our listeners about well, I, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, yes, I, I was uh, fortunate enough to work with a team of, uh, of brilliant individuals that uh, put together a book called Sport, uh, our, uh, Ethics and Leadership. And, um, you know, it, it stemmed from a project at my former institution at Santa Clara University uh, where we had a, a sport ethics institute. And uh, some individuals and I got together one day and said, what would be cool to write a book to talk about some of the topical issues uh, in sports and, and uh, centered around ethics. And so we got together and all of a sudden somebody wanted to publish it. And so we, then we had to write the book. about a three-year process, uh, but we put it together. We wanted to, to present it as a textbook so it could be taught at the undergraduate and graduate school levels. Uh, and, uh, and we did it. It's been published. And, uh, you know, some classes have adopted it that, that, that we've heard of through the company. Uh, so it was a fun project. And I think it's a very important um, concept, uh, particularly in today's intercollegiate athletic landscape. There's so much change happening right now, and it's very important that we understand our role as educators, uh, that the student-athlete experience is paramount uh, to uh, the success of an athletics department, 
uh, and we want to win and we want to, uh, you know, always be competitive in what we do, but at the same time, we want to go about it the right way. And so having a fundamental understanding of ethics and leadership uh, and how that intersects with sport and being competitive is very important. So it was a fun little pet project for me. I'm glad I did it. And uh, from time to time, I have to go back and read some of the chapters that I wrote to make sure that I'm still on track. There you go. All right. Well, Jeff, we certainly appreciate uh, your time on this busy homecoming week for Southern Miss. Thank you for joining us, bud. Thank you, guys. Appreciate what y'all do for us. Thank you. If you're looking to insure a new house, car, or motorcycle, give Advantage Insurance Company a call at 601-749-8790 or go by and see Shauna Oder or any one of her friendly agents and let them go to work for you. Advantage Insurance is located at 4201 Highway 11 North in Picayune. Whether you've hit a home run or a foul ball, for all your real estate law and closing needs, call Cruise Law at 1-769-242-2500. That number again is 1-769-242-2500. Call Bill Cruz at Cruise Law. Joining tonight's podcast is Brad Logan, reporter and columnist for the Clarion Ledger. And Brad, thank you for taking time for the podcast. Man, yeah, thanks for having me on. Brad, let's look around the state of Mississippi and college football, and let's start uh, closest to us as we're recording out of Picayune uh, with Southern Miss and North Texas, a big Conference USA matchup. Just your thoughts on that uh, ball game this Saturday. I think the winner is not only in the lead of the conference, but I think the winner is probably going to win the conference. It's probably the best uh, quarterback battle we'll have this year. And I think it's one of the biggest games that uh, Southern Miss has hosted there in Hattiesburg in quite a while. I, I like Jack Abraham a lot. I uh, wrote about him a couple of weeks ago in the Clarion Ledger. He's had a storied career. I think with the university and in great hands with Jeremy McLean, I think it's going to be an absolute, you know, uh, terrific environment, uh, college football at its peak. And I'm just so happy that that, you know, big-time college football is now back in Hattiesburg. When you look at it, Brad, we'll look around the state and we'll certainly get to state and Ole Miss, but of the three fan bases at this point in the season, which do you think are the most optimistic or happiest with the way uh, things currently sit? If you had to kind of rank those one, two, three. Yeah. I think easily it would be Southern Miss, just just by what Jay's done down there, uh, how he's been able to recruit. Uh, He recruits the Mississippi athlete. He's got great relationships with junior colleges throughout the state of Mississippi. And just what he's been able to do is to entrench himself in the community. And, and I really like what he's doing. I like, you know, I've, I've known Jay for a while, uh, ever since he, he played at Ole Miss. And then, of course, uh, you know, worked his way up, went over to Alcorn. And now it's just what he's doing. And I think Southern's in a great spot. And it's right there in the middle of, you know, you've got uh, Meridian to the east. You've got New Orleans to the south. You've got the, you've got, you know, Vicksburg to the west, and then, you know, you come up north, and I just, Jackson to the north, and, and I like the location of it, and I guess that's why they call it the Hub City with Mobile there to the southeast. It's a really fertile recruiting ground, you know. The state of Mississippi, you know, just look right now, the number one player in the state of Mississippi is just down the road. I say it's down the road. It's over in George County, not too terribly far from Hattiesburg, um, and in Loosedale, and it's just a really recruited uh, area, and, and I think Jay's taking advantage of that. 
I think the, the, the fans of Southern Miss, I think they respond on Saturday and they come out and support the team. As they, it's a North Texas team that's really, really good. And, and I think that, you know, win that game Saturday and they're in great position to win the conference. But I think that, the, the, quite honestly, that's a fan base, I think, number one right now, if, if you look at it. Number two, I think it's a mixture of, of Ole Miss and State. I don't think one is really more than the other. Both have starting quarterbacks that were knocked out due to injury. Both have freshman quarterbacks that run an RPO-type system that struggle to throw the football. The uh, the combinations of the two, and the you know, it's striking how similar they are. And you have two former head coaches. You have two head coaches that was formerly offensive linemen, and uh, you have programs that are really struggling right now. I think Ole Miss a little bit on an uptick after losing to Alabama, looking well, doing so down the stretch. A big win over, quite frankly, one of the worst Power Five Division One football teams I've ever seen in my years of color, covering college football. And uh, Vanderbilt was the, one of the worst teams I've ever seen in person. And so, at the end of the day, it's an SEC win, and it's a chance for, for Matt Luke to get to that coveted six-win spot. You know, the Rebels right now at three and three, they have an opportunity to go to, to Columbia, Missouri, and win. I think it would do nothing but rejuvenate uh, a fan base that's been dredged through, what, seven years of an NCAA investigation. And just now I think they're trying to climb out of that. Look over to Starkville. They've had a ton of success over the last couple of years with head coach Dan Mullen. He goes to Florida. Uh, in comes Joe Moorhead. And he's done a pretty good job. It's just not clicked as well as a lot of Mississippi State fans would have liked. Uh, they took one under the chin uh, against Auburn. Really good team. Uh, I'm headed to Knoxville this weekend. I think it's probably the biggest game at both Jeremy Pruitt, uh, head coach mm-hmm. of Tennessee, and also head coach Joe Moorhead. I think it's the biggest game of either of their career. And the reason I say that about Jeremy Pruitt is not only is he on the hot seat, he's a chance to boost his job. They're one and five. Kicker with him is there's an opportunity to go five and one down the stretch of Tennessee if it can beat Mississippi State. Their biggest game, you know, they've got Missouri, they've got South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, and then UAB. That's a very good opportunity to win the rest of their games. I'm talking with Alabama, but we're not counting that. That's the loss. And there's an opportunity for them to go five and one down the stretch. I think they can do that if they can beat Mississippi State. But, yeah, Southern Miss has the lead right now. A lot of enthusiasm with, with, with Jay Hobson. And I think Ole Miss and Mississippi State are behind the two. Brad, when you, you kind of got to where we were going with Tennessee, when you look at uh, – the struggles that Tennessee's had, the pressure there that you described, the pressure that State kind of faces now going in there. Um, Memphis being the best football program in that state, if I would have sold you that maybe 10 or 15 years ago, would you have been buying that? And are you buying that today? Well, I'm probably buying it right now. Uh, it's hard to really, really sit down and look at it when you've got – a program like Tennessee, I think I would call it a story program. I don't know that I would call it a blue blood anymore. Um, you know, their success is, I think the last time they went to the SEC championship game was uh, maybe 08-ish. That was under Eric Ainge, and that was, gosh, 11 years ago. And then, of course, the championship was in 1999. Eric Payton mm-hmm. graduated in 98. So, you know, you start talking about 20, 25 years ago when a lot of success. I think that Tennessee is a program to where they it, it, it has that upper echelon feel, but it has the athletes of an Ole Miss or Mississippi State. And I think that 
something's going to have to give because they've been rolling through head coaches ever since Bill Fulmer stepped down. Uh, Derek Dooley comes in. Butch Jones comes in. Now Jeremy Pruitt is here. And it just hasn't clicked. And the main reason it hasn't clicked is because, and you're back in the day, Tennessee got every athlete in the state of Tennessee that it wanted. And that's not a talent-laden state for high school football. Now, players, uh, you know, places like Memphis, places like North Carolina, Ole Miss State, Alabama, Auburn, they're getting all the players out of Tennessee, and now Tennessee is kind of scrambling, trying to get the best recruiting class it can, and they can't even get the, you know, it's players inside the state of Mississippi. So back in the day, Patrick Willis, when he came out in 2004, I do believe, um, he didn't even get an offer from Tennessee, and he wanted to go play mm. for Tennessee. He looked, at, he was from Brewston, just wow. east of Memphis. So, and, you know, that's how, how how many how much has changed uh, since then. But I think Tennessee is an interesting dynamic. I think it's a place where you can build it back. Uh, what Memphis has done, ironically, is recruit very well in the state of Mississippi. If Ole Miss just recruits the players that Memphis recruits right now, uh, you know. They've got a running back. Um, looking at him right now, I can't think of his name. Um, Ole Miss did not offer him, and now he's one of the best running backs uh, in uh, in the American Conference. You've got Tony Pollard is playing in the NFL. Uh, San Angelo Williams. Uh, they've got uh, the kid out of Grenada that um, Maurice, not Maurice Avery, but Jamar Avery that, that played at the Grenada High School, went on and played up at Memphis, and now he's playing for the, the Cleveland Browns. It just did not evaluate well under Hugh Freeze on a lot of areas, specifically the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, yeah, Ole Miss has struggled, and that's one reason that Memphis has done so well. Not to mention Arkansas struggled. Uh, right now, in Arkansas struggled. Versus Patino, you know, jumped on the motorcycle, and that's been a couple of years ago. <laughs> and Memphis has really done well recruiting in eastern Arkansas. In fact, Angel Williams Arkansas, which is right across the Mississippi River. Uh, they've done a great job recruiting Arkansas. And Mike Norvell just on a good football coach and put all those things together, get a good coach with a lot of good players, and win the game. That's done. Absolutely. You mentioned earlier um, recruiting. We've talked about that. Uh, a, a guy from Oak Grove, Mississippi, was already popular, I'm sure, there on campus at Ole Miss. But the backup quarterback, usually one of the more popular guys on campus, and he got his yeah. – uh, start due to injury, but it's going to be hard to pry him out if he continues to play uh, the type of football that he's played. Brad, just your thoughts on Plumley and the way he's uh, handled his opportunity there at Ole Miss. He's really, really fast. Mm -hmm. um, that's the number one thing that jumped out to me, and the number one thing that jumped out to, to Nick Saban at the University of Alabama, Duke and Ryan. So I think he's taken a little bit of a – and I'm raising my hand as well. I think he's taking a little bit too much criticism on throwing the ball. I think a lot of the criticism that's been given to him is really unfair. And I'm, again, raising my hand because I think Ole Miss, the number one deficiency it has on offense in, in regards to an offensive group is the wide receiver. They just haven't done a very good job this year. They're really missing D.K. Metcalf along with A.J. Brown. But the number one thing they're missing, they're missing DeMarcus Lott. And he was a guy that was able to get open because D.K. and A.J. Brown were taking on so many double teams. That freed up DeMarcus Lodge. Well, this year, this year, Elijah Moore has a really big year, uh, really big couple of games, and then all of a sudden they're doubling him and nobody else is stepping up. Uh, you've had players, for example, um, 
Mingo from down around the Brandon area mm-hmm. has done a, a pretty good job so far. Uh, but he just, you know, just can't get the separation. Dennis Jackson, the guy from Brown, Morton, Mississippi, is pretty good, but just can't get that separation from the defensive backs. Miles Battle, a veteran, has not been able to do anything offensively. So um, they just haven't had – they've got Dr. Carroll Drummond, the guy goes to – Nobody is getting the separation, and nobody is helping out uh, Plumlee throwing the football. I think he's throwing it okay, but I think in order for Ole Miss to be successful going down the road, specifically if it begins this weekend, Missouri comes in as the, uh, the third-ranked team in the country in total defense. They're going to put eight or nine in the box and force Plumlee to throw the football. question is, is he going to be able to do that successfully? And, and I think that encompasses a couple of things. One, is he's going to get protection from the offensive line, and two, are the wide receivers going to help him? Him throwing the ball may be secondary at this point. If that happens and he's not able to run the football, what happens at that point is Matt Corral, is he going to be healthy enough to come in and run this offense? Because they're going to have to throw the football to get to six wins. Right now they're 3-3. Three and three. They've got a game against New Mexico State. We'll get their fourth win of the year. And then you've got to win two more between Missouri, Texas A&M, LSU, and Mississippi State. What I think would be really, really cool for the set of Mississippi is for Ole Miss to roll from start with a 5-6 with a chance to get the bowl eligibility, but they have to beat Mississippi State. I think it's a good storyline for the mm-hmm. state of Mississippi. And, hey, and if Mississippi State does not play any better, they may be rolling into Starkville trying to make a bowl as well. Because if they can't beat Tennessee next week or this Saturday, they lose. Uh, you know, they've still got Alabama. They've still got LSU. They've still got mm-hmm. Mississippi State. It is not going to be an easy road through Moorhead if they cannot win uh, this Saturday. Huge, huge game for Mississippi State on Saturday. And what's their road to fix some things? I know that uh, Coach Moorhead in his press conference said he wasn't interested in uh, what the fans kind of thought of the state of the program, but I am interested in your thoughts on kind of what they need to fix before this Tennessee Team. I mean, I think state fans would have been in shock almost that we were asking, you know, can you go into Tennessee and win, especially with the kind of year Tennessee's had. I don't think they would even appreciate this line of questioning, but uh, that's not a for sure thing, and they've got some things to sure up. Where do they need to start on that, Brad? Well, I guess Louisiana opened up the season down in New Orleans. Tommy Stevens, the graduate transfer from Penn State, came out and threw it all over the field. Mm-hmm. Looked really, really good, and and from that point on, I was like, okay, I think we may have a 9 or a 10 win team because defense played well. A lot lost from last year. You lose Jeff Simmons. You lose Montez Sweat. We knew there were going to be issues on the defensive line, but you had players like Lee Autry that could step in. You had linebackers like Willie Gay that would help Darrell Thompson. Uh, and it also helped Landers in the back half of that secondary along with Brian Cole. Well, now, all of a sudden, you've got Tudor Gate that, Tudor Gate that happens. So, Willie Gay and Lee Autry are gonna, only going to be available for three games, three or four games this year. So, on top of that, the offensive line has not played well. And Tommy Stevens, it seems like if he just gets breathed upon, he falls down and gets injured. And it's like nothing I've ever seen. So, the good news for Mississippi State, they've got a quarterback in Garrett Schrader that's come out and ran the ball really well. He's ran this offense. He's gotten the team behind him. The fans like him. I think you turn around and give the ball to Kyle mm-hmm. Hill. And they just haven't done that. They didn't do that against Kansas State. Uh, lost the football game. Uh, at Auburn, well, he started Tommy Stevens. Gets injured. They're down 21 nothing. 
Long drive, fumble punt, long drive, 21 nothing. Garrett Schrader comes in after Stevens goes out with some form of a lower leg injury. They drive the length of the field and score. And, you know, you're thinking, why didn't you just start the game? And that was my column this past week for yep. Larry and Legend. Yep. The, the experiment's over. It's, you know, I, I don't know why Joe is continuing to start Tommy Stevens because the last couple times they started him, he's had to come out. In fact, he didn't even play hardly at all the Kansas State game. And this offense is not hard. They've got a senior-laden offensive line. Put a fullback in there. Utilize Farad Frank is one of the best tight ends, I think, in the country. They don't utilize him at all. Turn around and give the ball to Kylan Hill and let him go to work. Yep. They put eight or nine in the box and throw it down the, down the field. You know, Cyrus Mitchell, Stephen Gittry, two tall receivers. Started off kind of, you know, sketchy a little bit. Haven't heard much out of Isaiah Zuber, but they haven't thrown the ball very much. Um, they have, when they have thrown it, it's been an odd situation where they only, the defense is only rushing two and three, and they've got nickel coverage, and it's, there's nowhere for them to throw it to. It's for more quarterback reads, quarterback keeps. I just, I'm a bit, I love the offense that Matt Wyatt ran in the late 90s where he turned around and he gave it to either Keeper McGee or J.J. Johnson or Rod Gibson mm. and run the football. He'd get behind that big offensive line, pound and ground, and we're just not seeing that. And it doesn't help to where Mississippi State cannot get off the field on third down. Uh, their third down defense is not very good this year. They're not getting the play at linebacker from Errol Thompson that they need. Lee Autry has just hasn't been there. Uh, I think both he and Willie Gay will play this weekend because they know the importance of the game, and they'll have to have those guys. Smitherman's been a little bit injured in the back half of the secondary, and Brian Cole has not been playing as well as he could. The good news for Mississippi State fans is anytime Joe Moorhead lays a clunker, he <laughs> historically comes back and they play much better the week after. And goodness knows they laid one in Auburn, so they're due a good one uh, this Saturday in Tennessee. They certainly are. Brad, tell our listeners where they can find your work, my man. Absolutely. Just follow the Clarion Ledger on online. I definitely want to promote the app if you guys are on subscribers to the Clarion Ledger. We're doing a lot digitally now. And the app is fantastic. Um, follow us at Clarion Ledger, and that's at CL Sports. Of course, I'm on Twitter at Brad Logan C-O-T-E. And then I do a lot for Saturday Down South, uh, covering both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. That's at SEC Football. Brad, we appreciate your time, man. Appreciate your coverage. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you.